The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Our world is always so rush-rush. We can never get any personal time to ourselves, let alone those that we love. Welcome to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. Our mission, to reintroduce kindness and compassion to our busy lives. Remember when life was so much simpler? Gabriella and her guests today will pick up the ball of human kindness and by doing so, empower you to make changes in your own life. And now, here is Gabriella Von Ray. And hi everyone and welcome to another Might Radio Show. We have an interesting guest today with us. Her name is Marella Scott. She's Oprah's Ambassador of Hope and the award-winning author of In Our House, Perception versus Reality and Surrounded by Inspiration. She's an author and speaker and the title of the show is called Follow Your Intuition. Thank you for coming on the show, Marella. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's really great. When I read what your publicist sent me, that was all very interesting. And I know that our listeners would be really glad to hear that. So tell me a little bit. It's always nice to know. How does an author get into writing a book? You know, it's, it depends on the author. I think I would have to say is because mine came from personal experiences. And it was quite therapeutic for me to write and release some of the negativity that I had grown up with um, coming, you know, getting that out of my system. And so that was my release. And some people write just because they love to write, which I do. I love writing. But my reasons are different. Now I love to share inspirational stories and help others get those stories out to kind of find their place of sharing, you know, taking sometimes pain and turning it into something triumphant and helping motivate others and inspire others. But writing can come just from the passion, from your soul, and just like a musician, how they create, and it's amazing. It's what I love to do. Sounds terrific. And you know what? People love to read, so it's nice that there are writers out there that are as passionate as you are. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So follow your intuition. Lots and lots of stuff comes up when I hear that word. And what I kind of really got intrigued by is that you teach us that we all have a God-given intuition, but you say that we must harness this and use it as God has intended. That's a big sentence to me. Tell me a little bit more. What, well, you how know, do we harness it? Well, I actually, I tell people, I said, everyone has God-given intuition. Everybody has intuition, period. Regardless of what your faith is, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, but it doesn't mean if you have a different faith that you don't have it. You have it. Everyone has it. It's a gift. And harnessing it is through being at peace with yourself and being connected to what is right, what is. And that's your spiritual presence. For me... I have always known it to be since I was a kid. I followed my intuition when I learned the first time through um, childhood experiences what it was. 
I didn't understand it until I grew later, but when I was a child, I trusted it. And I had to learn to harness it through trusting it because it's something, intuition rises above reason. People don't always understand what it is they're sensing, what it is they're feeling, but it's up to you to say, okay, this is here for a reason. I'm going to trust it. Sometimes you may not see the ramifications of what would have been or could have been, but most often they're revealed. So it's basically being at peace in your life and having a stillness where you can hear and you can feel that sense, which is your, your answer to a lot of things. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I date her? Should I date him? Should I go here? And when you get that first instinct, that it's not instinct, but intuition that tells you, you know, no, you don't want to do that, or don't do this, or don't do that, that's your protector right there. Now, when you use your own logic and reasoning and say, you know, well, I'm going to go anyway, that's you thinking. And so when things happen that you could have avoided, how many times have you said, man, I knew better. I wish I hadn't done that. I knew I should have stayed home. I know I should have taken that position. It's... Yeah, it is true. We we really do. But what I'm glad that you just said the word instinct too. What is the real difference for you between intuition and instinct? Because there is a difference, isn't there? Absolutely, absolutely. Instinct is more like something that in your gut, something that you know, and perhaps you know it because you've learned over and over and over again. It's something that you've done instinctively. It's just like you can jump in a car and you can drive somewhere without really paying attention or you get a sense of being and you know where to go or where to be or it can be in, in your career. Police officers use it all the time. My brother's an officer. They have mm-hmm. instincts that they follow because it's learned. It's like a pattern that they've seen before and that they've learned to trust. Intuition is something that rises above reason. You don't know why you trust it. You don't know what the outcome is going to be. You don't understand it, but you trust mm-hmm. it. You have faith. That's intuition. Absolutely. And so you just wrote this book called Intuition, correct? With a yes. co-author. My daughter, um, Alyssa Curry. Yes. I was trying to look for her name. Okay. You co-authored the book. And how come writing a book together, is that very different than writing a book all alone? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the reason yeah. is because, oh my gosh, that's the first time I'd ever done that before. And yeah. it was a phenomenal experience because it was easy for me because she was my daughter and the reason it was so easy is that this topic of intuition, she's grown up, she's 22 years old now, but she's grown up watching me trust it. It's a very keen sense of being tuned in. And she's always been fascinated by it. And she would always say, you know, Mama, when am I going to get that? When am I going to have it? And I said, you already do. Everyone has it. It's not just a gift for me. It depends whether or not you trust it enough to use it consistently. Mm -hmm. And so the book was born out of basically a lot of personal experiences between the two of us. So writing with her, oh, my gosh, it was very fluid, natural. It was very natural. And people, when they read the book, they feel that. They get it. Okay, amazing. And she studied psychology, correct? Yes, she graduates in May with honors. It's incredible, and she loved doing this. I said she's a novelist before she's a college graduate. (laughs) Congratulations to her, (laughs) too. Thank you, thank you. So would would you advise to someone that says, well, I have no idea how to listen to my intuition, would you give the advice to learn to listen to yourself, to learn to tune in, or what is it exactly what you would say to that one person that's listening out there right now? 
Well, you know, you have to take the time to actually remove negativity and layers of, of things that just suppress your spirit. You have to open your soul to believing, to trusting, to feeling, to hearing, to acknowledging. And if you're so busy challenging and opposing things, you won't learn to trust it. Trusting it is almost like it's a blind faith. You close your eyes and you believe that you'll be okay and you take those steps without worrying about whether or not you're going to walk into furniture or not. If you're worried about it, you're not trusting it. It's the same thing. When you remove layers of negativity and layers of problems and you, you allow peace to dwell within you, you begin not to worry so much about things and it becomes easier to trust because you begin to see the outcome of it. It becomes innate and very natural. We basically are so cluttered with noise and noise meaning things around us and surrounding us that grab our attention. Mm-hmm. We have the ability to negate what's good because we don't understand what we're sensing. And when you learn not to negate it because you don't understand it, you'll stop making bad decisions. A lot of times we say, well, you know, you shouldn't go here, you shouldn't do this, or you shouldn't make that business decision, and you know you shouldn't, but you don't understand why you shouldn't, so you make the opposing one. And that's the one that's detrimental. So it's learning to be at peace with your decision. It's learning to be at peace with yourself. And it's learning to hear and understand what God, the message that he's communicating to you. That's our protector. Absolutely. And how is the easiest, is there a method that someone needs to use apart from taking the noise away? Would, would meditation be a way to, to clear all the noise around you? Absolutely. I think it is. I mean, whether it's through yoga, through meditation, through taking mm-hmm. long walks on the beach and just clearing your head and thinking of nothing. And when you begin to do that, you begin to come closer to sometimes your spiritual being, and that could be praying, that could be talking to God, whatever it is that brings you peace, that's what will do it. And when you have that complete peace, you'll begin to understand and see things differently. You change your mindset. And so it's removing the things that oppose you and fight you. It's removing that urge to rationalize things for yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if I understand it correctly, you have many books, right? You have one, two, three, three or four? Four. I have um, In Our House, um, Surrounded by Inspiration, Bad to the Bone, and Intuition. And the beautiful thing about these books is that they are, and I've ghostwritten many, many books. But what I do is I, I only do inspirational books that teach and breathe life into people, that breathe the opportunity. Instead of telling you, do this, do that, you should do this, it teaches you how, and it shows you the why. Because a lot of times people want to know, okay, so how do you do this? I don't say just do it and you'll live better. Say this is how you do it, because people want to know the how. And so that's what my books will teach. Okay, so there's a method to the story of how they themselves can get to the same experience. Is that it? Absolutely, or more. I mean, there's sometimes people don't understand. For example, I wrote a book, Bad to the Bone, the true story of Dave Tuckeroo Jr., and that story is about his relationship um, with um, or his challenges of going through bone marrow, um, having a bone marrow donor and going through leukemia. And it was very a painful journey for him, and he struggled tremendously to understand the why. But by the time we finished writing his story, it, the lessons in there and the things he shared were just, you couldn't even measure them. They were so plentiful. But it's not only for someone that has leukemia. It's for anyone that has any kind of challenge that they need to overcome. It teaches you in your darkest hour, how do you get through it when you don't see any light? He was told he was going to die. And he overcame that battle with a bone marrow donor in, tri- in a very triumphant way. It doesn't mean he's never going to have challenges again. He will, as we all will. But he overcame that. 
And so it can teach anyone, whether you have cancer, whether you have any other illness, whether you have anything, to believe and you can. So they're all inspirational, but no matter what your life is, is challenges are, it will help you believe that you can and show you how different people do it. Yeah, That's the beauty absolutely. of sharing stories. That you can turn it around. Yes. Absolutely. How did you get such a positive attitude to be able to bring it to others? Well, it's a beautiful thing because one thing I tell people is that you have to take the lessons out of your pain. You don't want to remain a victim. And I was born into a cycle of, of abuse, a very volatile environment, which is chronicled in my memoir in our house. And people read that and they say, I don't know how you made it out of that house alive. I don't know how you were able to forgive. I don't know how you were able to do these things. Well, I had a lot of personal things that I had to learn to do, and they were very difficult. They were very challenging. And some of the things I didn't want to do, like forgive. And until I learned to accept and embrace that, that holding on to anger and hate and rage was not my destiny and it wasn't going to ever allow me to reach it, I had to learn how to alleviate that negativity in my life and change my mindset. So when I did those things, I saw my life take a whole different turn for the better and I was just bombarded with a peacefulness that I never had before. I was bombarded with the opportunity and the feeling and the sense of love and happiness and joy that didn't exist with me. And so in having that and understanding what I had to give up, which was anger, rage, you know, mistrust, doubt, and forgive people, until I did that, I would have never been and reached the place I am now. And so I want people to know that holding on to negativity, remaining a victim, unwilling to forgive, and trying to live in the past that you can't change, that's mm-hmm. detrimental to your well-being and your psyche. It's, it's not good. So Do you have an example for the listener out there how to give up, for example, your anger? How to let oh. go of your anger? But really concretely... Absolutely. I had to do that. And the reason I did it is that it was something that I had to do because it was heavy. It was keeping me from helping. When you realize you have unhealthy relationships, if you want to start here, look at your child if you have children. Let's just start there. If you're angry, I just put out a tweet on Twitter relating to this. If you're angry, your anger will destroy your children because you're teaching them how to manifest that inside of them, how to hold on to it. So if you want to be a participant in helping to destroy your child's life and make them a very angry, bitter, you know, person that has the fight to let go of this, then holding on to it, that's what you're doing. Holding on to anger has no good. So you think of, just think about it. What good comes from carrying that weight of negativity? Nothing. If you want a clean slate, let it go and move forward because all the anger you have isn't going to change whatever happened. That's where you begin. It will never change it, but it will change you. Absolutely, it will. I know that anger is is something to truly let go of. It's not yeah. worth it. Not worth it at all. And on that kind note, we're we're going to go into a commercial break, everyone, and we'll be right back. Question: What's working and what's not working in your life? Though we resolve each year to do things differently and we want what's great for our businesses, our relationships, our health, and more, we don't always know where to turn when life gets tough. That's where Leading Life Large with host Rob Braun comes in. Our show challenges you to reevaluate where you are and keep pushing your way to the success you desire. If you want it bad enough, we can help you turn your life around. Leading Life Large airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. 
of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A-V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. And everyone, if you're just tuning in to Might Radio this week, we have Marella Scott, Oprah's Ambassador of Hope and the award-winning author of many books. But one of them is In Our House, Perception versus Reality, Bad to the Bone, In Our House, and her latest endeavor is intuition. Follow your intuition. Marella, we were just talking about letting go of anger. I really, really love that. Um. How do you, um, just another question on this anger issue, because I see so many people being angry that I think it's nice if we give more examples. <laughs> Can you let go of anger without letting go of the person that is creating that for you? Yeah, absolutely you can. You see, sometimes people have things going on in their life that have nothing to do with you. And when you fight them back and you're angry, what you're doing is you're perpetuating and fueling that anger that they have. So when you decide, I'm not going to play, I'm not going to be angry with you, I'm going to let you go through this until you work through it, but I'm not going to fight you so, so I'm your excuse as to why you're angry and you're not going to make me angry, it kind of it diffuses it. And I see that happen so often when I tell people, just let it go and back off and don't be a willing participant in the fight. So I had to do that because I was very angry with my father for the things that happened in my childhood. And I knew, you know, how he felt about me. I knew, you know, what happened, and it, and it was something that was easy to let go of. But when I finally did, it took me years to do it because, boy, I was gripping my anger. I wouldn't let it go for anything because I thought that if I forgave him and let go, and even the women that hurt my mom, if, I, if they, you know, I said, okay, I forgive you, I'm over it, that I was going to let go of the memory of what happened and forget about everything and clean the slate. But that's not what I was doing. I had to let go and forgive them so that I could move on and I could stop allowing them to hold me emotionally hostage. And at the moment that I decided to forgive my father, I wasn't angry with him. It took a while to do that, to get to that point, because no one was there to teach me how, and I wish I had done it years before. But once I forgave him, it wasn't saying, hey, Dad, you guys are all off the hook for everything that happened as a child. It was saying, you know what, I'm no longer going to let you hold me emotionally hostage, but I can communicate with you, but we did on a different level, and it wasn't from a place of hate or anger or rage anymore. And when he saw that I wasn't fighting him anymore with these memories about my childhood, which, you know, no one could negate because they were facts, he saw that I let it go, he let it go. His anger diminished, and it wasn't more anger for anything other than it's, it's guilt, too, that you remember it, you know, but how long are you going to carry it? And so when I let it go, it kind of let things heal. 
You allow things to heal. And sometimes people don't want things to heal, but if they're broken, they're unhealthy. They're not good for you. So it didn't mean I forgave him and, and said we're best friends again, but I forgave him and let it go. That's between him and God to work out. That's, I'm not the ultimate judge. God is, in my opinion. And so for me to relinquish control of all that anger that he held over me, he had control and complete power as long as I was angry. So you can't angry with him, but you can let go and resume the relationship, whether it's a parent or whatever, but you have to do it cautiously. You have to do it understanding your boundaries not to go there anymore. Don't, don't engage in war. I agree totally with you because I had a very angry mother, so it took me a long time to learn to, and I wish someone had told me how easy it actually was. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. But that's why people like you are out there today. And one of the things that, um, that I want to ask, and I actually want to just ask it for a friend of mine, she seems very angry at, at, at a person, but apart from letting that part go, she seems also very triggered. So how do you let go of the triggers that are inside of you? Because sometimes you know people really don't know the triggers, right? Oh, that's a great question. That is absolutely a great question. Because as an outsider, I see the triggers, but because I'm too close to her, I don't really want to tell her because I, I believe that you need to figure that one out yourself. But maybe you have a much better method than I do. You know, the thing is, is I had those triggers. There were certain things that um, could be said to me that would just make me, would fuel me and ignite me like nothing before. But the bottom line is, it's more changing your mindset. When you realize that these things can trigger you so easily and get you upset and get you riled up, that should let you know you're in a very unhealthy state. You're in a very unhealthy state of mind. Because life isn't meant to be lived in an unpeaceful state. We're not meant to be triggered and push a button and somebody can upset us. If you can, there's something wrong with you. So the way to do this is to start detaching yourself from those things and learning to work through those little words, those catchphrases, the things people say. And the bottom line, the way to do it is to let it go. Whatever happened is in the past. We cannot change the past. You're not going to forget it necessarily, but you can't change it either. But what you can change is your future. And when you work towards changing your future, you're going to change your mindset first. But you can change your future by doing that. And then those things will have less and less significance to you. When they don't bother you anymore, that's when you've evolved. That's when you've let go. And the only way to do that is truly let go. Isn't it really funny that most people feel that uh, the change doesn't start with us, but but it starts by fixing them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, No, but I mean, uh, for the listener out there, I think it's kind of, you know, I I hear you loud and clear that the change is with your own future and that you have to do it. But you have this this little nagging other voice that says, I'll fix them. I'll, I'll, I'll fix them so that they don't do that anymore. And yeah, that doesn't you know, work either, right? It doesn't. It doesn't work. You know, see, the one thing I tell people is that if you want to change your life, begin with yourself because people don't change people. People no. can change themselves. You can change your own mindset. But we can encourage other people to change. We can inspire them to change. And we can teach them how but we cannot change them. So if you really want to make a difference in your life and you have a situation going on that is out of control or it's affecting you negatively, then change yourself. And sometimes changing yourself means removing yourself from that situation. That's what, sometimes that's what you have to do. Remove yourself from the situation so it doesn't affect you so negatively anymore. And then sometimes things get better. But the 
the bottom line is if you stay in an environment that's negative and it's unhealthy, mm-hmm. then you're going to have to remove yourself from that environment or you're going to have to work to change your mindset to accept it and deal with it. And it's not meant for us to accept. It's not meant for us to deal with. It's meant for us to change. Change is good. And some people are petrified of change because it means they have to go with something they don't know. But if you're oh, yeah. going to stay with something that's not working anymore, which is worse. It's, it's, but I think it's petrifying for people to change. I see it all it the is. time. They, they, it they're is. just totally paralyzed to move. Um, one question I had, because you just said that, remove yourself. Did you let go after removing yourself from your father's home, or was it while you were still in the home? You know, I didn't, I didn't even know that I could let go. That's the funny thing about it. I didn't know I could let go of this until I grew older and realized, why am I still angry? Why do I not trust people? Why am I unhappy? And part of the reason was because I was still attached to what was. I remained a victim is what I did for many years. I mean, I was a child when everything happened, for Christ's sake, let it go, because it was done, as horrific as it was. And people, when they read my memoir in our house, they cannot believe it. And I can't even believe it when I used to look back at it. But now when I talk about it, I'm so removed from it, it doesn't even hurt me. It doesn't affect me anymore. As disheartening as it is, it doesn't affect me the way it used to. But... I changed when I realized that I was changing for the worse. I realized that I wasn't happy. I realized that I wasn't reaching my destiny. And when I had my son, I absolutely knew I didn't want to bring my son and then my daughter into the cycle that I was born into of negativity. So we talk about, oh, we're born into the cycle or we're in the same cycle. Well, we have the ability to change it. We have the ability. It's a choice. Change is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Everything is a choice. And sometimes we make the wrong choices or bad choices, and then we blame someone for it. But we need to to take responsibility for the things that we do. And I knew I didn't want my children to be born into a cycle that I was born into, and I didn't control. I didn't ask for it. But if knowing what I knew and what I went through, it made me wiser because I had the choice to prevent it from happening again. And that's a conscious choice I made. That's when my change came. So you meet an enormous amount of people, right? Would you say that most people actually love living in their own victim mode? I'm I'm sorry, can you say that again? You meet a lot of people on a daily basis and when you give your seminars and, and your book readings and all the stuff that you do, would you say when you meet people that they actually love to hang on to their own victim mode? Absolutely, yes. That's what I talk to people. I say, you know, you'll be happier when you start being a victim because the bottom line is I did it. I speak from experience. If I want to be angry for the rest of my life and talk about what somebody did to me, I'm going to join the rest of the forces out there. But if you want to take shape in your life and be happy, stop being a victim. It's over. Once it happens, get over it. Get up and, and take the lessons from your pain and turn it into something more powerful. You see, a lot of times I tell people, if you want to, if you want to stop being a victim, Get out there and take the pain, the painful experiences and everything that went along with it, and you go share it to help someone else avoid what you went through. If, you, if it hurts you so bad, why would you keep it inside and keep it to yourself and let somebody else suffer at the hands of someone that may do the same thing to you that they did to someone else? So go yeah. share it, and in sharing, you'll heal. You'll find sure. healing in that because you'll be saving someone else from that lifestyle or from that experience. You can save people. And through saving people and helping other people and helping inspire people to be better, to learn something that they didn't know and protect them in a healthier way, gosh, that's more rewarding and more fulfilling than being a victim. 
Get Absolutely. I, I, I agree. Uh, I think that, but I think that for most people, it's really hard because if it wasn't hard, so many more people would do it, of course. Right. You know, it's hard. It was hard for me, but it wasn't as hard as I made it seem. I just didn't know how, so I didn't do it. That's why. See, a lot of things that we deem as hard, it's hard because we don't know how, or we don't have help, or someone doesn't do it for us. So mm-hmm. that's why we, we stay in a place of, well, I don't know how, and it's hard to let go. It's hard to let go because you won't. <laughs> you won't. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think that also, not just the how, it's when it's hard work, people just have this thing, well, then they should do it. it right. It's not my, me, right? It's not my right. fault. It's all this stuff. Right. It's like would, could, should. and It shouldn't right. even be in someone's <laughs> vocabulary, but we apparently have it in our vocabulary. We're going to take a short commercial break, and we will be right back, okay, Morella? Okay. of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empower. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Are you taking full advantage of all the lessons that your life is trying to teach you? These lessons are the building blocks of who you are and who you will ultimately become. On Waking Up, Learning What Your Life Is Trying to Teach You, host John Earle will show you how to discover your life's lessons and how to use these lessons to transform your life into a deeper and more profound experience. Discover the meaning of your existence. Tune in to Waking Up, Learning What Your Life Is Trying to Teach You, Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. tuned in to might radio do you have a question or comment for our show perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness please send an email to gabriella von ray at gmail.com that's g-a-b-r-i-e-l-l-a-v-a-n-r-i-j at gmail.com now back to might radio with gabriella von ray We're back after the commercial break with our guest, Morella Scott, Oprah's Ambassador of Hope and the award-winning author of Inner House, Perception versus Reality, and Surrounded by Inspiration. Morella, I have been saying for the last half an hour, Oprah's Ambassador of Hope, but we have no idea what that means. I think that it sounds really fantastic, and I congratulate you. But if the listener is like me and says, Oh, 
what is that? I mean, I know Hope and I know Oprah. I don't know what ambassador is. Tell me <laughs> how you got such a beautiful title. Um, thank you. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> well, when I did my, um, I wrote my memoir, In Our House, Perception Versus Reality. I was out speaking and sharing the messages in it of how to overcome adversity and teaching people how to recognize the signs of an abuser because, you know, we typically try and help people get out of abusive situations, male and female are in them, but we sometimes we wait until it's too late and then they have to kind of work their way out, make the decision and choice to leave. So I was teaching people of how to recognize those signs so that you don't get into the, you know, negative situations or abusive situations. And um, I was speaking on a lot of college campuses and, and doing a lot of seminars and things, and she caught wind of it. And so that's how I became her, you know, she has five worldwide ambassadors of hope, and I became one, and it was an honor. It's truly an honor. And I love to teach people um, that in having hope, which I love, I believe hope is a stepping stone to having pure faith. So I believe in faith, but I think as long as you have hope, you're working your way to getting to a place of faith where you believe. And once you have faith, you don't need hope anymore. True. It's very intriguing because um, my last guest last week was a Holocaust survivor, and she's 84. And a, a, a child asked her, a child in high school asked her, how did you get through it? And her answer was hope. Yeah. Hope. You have to believe. You have to believe in something. And if you don't believe in anything, you, it's going to be very dark and very hard to find the good and find the positive. And if you hope until you get there, when it happens, you'll have faith. And then you'll learn to keep having faith because you will be a believer. You believe. Absolutely. Could you tell us for the listener... Give me two or three signs to recognize an abuser, because you just pointed that out, and it is really important. Well, one is just a matter of someone taking control of your finances so that you can't um, have the free will to go. You're working every day, and they control your money. Or even if you're at home, you're you know stay-at-home mom, and they keep you with no money. They keep you without anything so that you can't have access. Another thing is that if someone's checking on you and, and you know saying, where are you, and calling you and showing up at your job, that's, um, that's a major flag. But another is when they isolate you from your friends and family. If you get into a relationship and that person is starting to, to remove you from all of your friends and all of your family and, and say, hey, you know, that person's not good, they don't support us, they're not this, that's a red flag. So there are so many things we don't look at because we as men and women want to see what we want to see. So if we want to see the good in someone, those signs, those warning signs, the red flags are always there. We choose what we want to be in tune with. And that's we choose not of, to you know, see them. Following your intuition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You said number two was showing up. Uh, I'm not sure I totally understood that. Like, like a stalker? Yes. Your, your own partner up is like a stalker? And, right. If someone's showing up, if you're on, in school and they're showing up at your class, they're showing up at you know, your job for no reason, unannounced, and kind of you know, checking you out and seeing what you're doing, that's unhealthy. When you go to work or you go to your friends or whatever you do, that's your personal time to do what you need to do, and people need to respect those boundaries. And if someone's checking up on you like that, they're making sure that they're controlling you, that they're letting you know they're watching you. That is not healthy. That's not healthy. If they're calling you all the time saying, where are you? What time are you coming home? Where are you? I thought you were going to be here. You're not here. It's not natural. Those Isn't an so abuser many. very insecure in a way? Because all these three points seem so insecure to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're very, very clever. 
They're very clever. They know how to use their power to make you feel less secure than they are. So weak people typically attract weaker people because they know how to manipulate them and utilize them in a capacity that they want. Yeah, absolutely. That's the saddest part of all. Strong people help weak people get up. Yeah, yeah, it's true. What is your favorite book of all these books? Oh, my gosh. Um, For you, as as the author, what are you the most proud of? I mean, you're proud of all of them, but... Oh, yeah. Um, In Our House, I love because it shared my personal journey, which was truly a horrific story. And it was my mother's um, life story that I wanted people to know about because I didn't want her life to be in vain. But writing Intuition with my daughter, Alyssa Curry, ah, no, nothing compares to that. Uh, Intuition, absolutely. The layers and the messages in that story and the way it's told as a novel, inspired by true events, it's fantastic. And people reading it, the reviews are amazing. Hands down. Intuition. Intuition, hands down. And for the people listening right there, right now, where can they get your book? Intuition is available on Amazon, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, everywhere. And they can get it on my website as well. Um, if they want a hard copy, Marilla Scott, M-A-R-A-L-A-S-C-O-T-T.com. And um, if you follow me on Facebook or Twitter, I put out inspirational quotes and things to inspire you and make you smile every day. Okay, I'm going to repeat that once more because you went really fast, okay? Okay. So, M-A-R-A-L-A, that's Marella. Scott is S-C-O-T-T dot com. You've got it. Perfect. Okay, just making sure that everyone heard that because if I was (laughs) writing that down, I would have a problem too. But it's on the website of Voice America. So, that's fantastic. So, I, I... me personally, I'm I'm about faith and inspiration too. So I I think that's the book I would want to read. Um, do you have um, an example that you could give why someone would not follow their intuition um, in a very regular situation? Just something that you can think of that we do, that I do, that all of us do. That you could give us an example so that we're kind of awakened to it, that if we do it by accident tomorrow, we'll think of your words. Okay. I like that. Okay. (laughs) This is one that everyone does. And say you're going out with um, your girlfriends and you want to go hang out for the night and you get this this feeling and you know your intuition is warning you. It's, It's something, but you don't understand it. You don't understand what it is, but it's like, no, you don't need to go out tonight. And then you say, yeah, but I want to. When you're fighting yourself and you're going against yourself, that means you're trying to reason with yourself and create your own logic so you can get what you want. A lot of times people people instinctively oppose intuition because it's not what they want, because they don't understand it, because they don't know why. There's no rhyme or reason for it. So when you trust um, intuition, you don't second-guess yourself. But we, typically, people go against it because it's not, it doesn't give them the answer that they want to hear. That's why people, a lot of times when they pray and they say, well, I'm praying and I'm not getting what I want, oh, well, perhaps God gave you what you want. It wasn't what you asked for. But because you didn't get what you wanted packaged the way you did, you don't think it happened. But it did. Sometimes people don't understand we're protected from ourselves, and intuition is there to protect you from you. But when you make your own choices, and then you go back afterwards and you say, oh, my goodness, I knew better. I shouldn't have done that. Well, that was your logic. That was your reason. And your intuition is what your first you know, voice was telling you not to do that. 
That's what we do. When you hear it, think about how many times you said, I knew I shouldn't have gotten on this highway. I knew I shouldn't have taken this route. I shouldn't have taken this job. I shouldn't have dated that guy. Or guys say, I should never have dated that girl. I knew better. That's your intuition. Trust it. Trust and it. what if it's the reverse that you think no, but you end up with the best choice after all when you take it? I'm sorry. I missed that. How does that work when, let's say, like the, the example you just gave. Uh-huh. Right, but it could sometimes end up being the reverse, meaning you think no, but you end up doing yes, apparently to whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then you end up with the best choice after all. How does that work? Well, you know, I've never had that happen. I have to honestly say because I follow my intuition, and when I don't follow it, that's when things are catastrophic, and I end up saying I knew better. But when I make choices, I mean, there's times that you may not realize it's your intuition that you're following, and you are. And sometimes you're just making a choice based on, you know, instinct, what you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there are those times that that intuition will keep nudging you, nudging you like you know better, you know better, and when you start fighting it, that's the wrong thing to do. That's when your choice is going to be wrong. And you may not see it that day. But you, may, you will see it, and sometimes you will not see it, but you will see it at some point. I've always had the ability to see the outcome for the most part, but there are times that I don't know what happens. But still, intuitively, I know I made the right choice because I don't guess it. I don't regret it, ever. No, it's, it's, it's quite something. And when you, you said in the beginning you talked about harnessing it, um, is there one more example you can say how we can really protect our own intuition, especially from... Um, I would almost say others laughing at us or ridiculizing it because sometimes you feel that you have to defend so much a decision that you make, even with your own friends or your own family. Is there oh, that's a, a great question. That's yeah, because I feel that a lot of people want to listen to their intuition, but then the, the people that we love won't even let us, you know? You know, I think that's the first step of you really understanding when you can do that, that you're becoming a true individual, that you're not a follower, you're not, you don't succumb to peer pressure, because my daughter, and that's what I love co-authoring the book with her for, is that she gave her examples of how she watched me tune in to my intuition, which is a very keen sense, it's very keen, and you, you know it, you know it when you feel it, and she kept wondering when she was going to get it, if she could get it, how she got it, and that's part of the, her journey, is that she did, because everyone has it, and she never worried about, there were times where she was invited to, you know, parties or different things and, and events, and, and some of the times I said, you know what, she would, I would say, if you want to go, go, have fun, but she would come to me and say, no, um, no, uh-uh, I'm not meant to go, and then she'd find out something happened afterwards, and she was like, mom, you're not going to believe this. Oh, yeah, I did, but that's how I let her tune into it. That's how I let her tune in, because sometimes people have to figure things out on their own, but our intuition, when you feel it, you're meant to share it. You're meant to help protect someone else or yourself, and so that's what it's for. Act on it. Yeah, absolutely. We're going into commercial break, Marilla, and we'll be right back. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. 
Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A-V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. We're back with our guest, Marella Scott, who is a author and a public speaker and Oprah's ambassador of hope. And she has four books out, but we are really concentrating on her last and latest book, co-authored by her, her daughter, and it's called Follow Your Intuition. And we are talking most of the, this segment, this hour, about the intuition because we're all so interested about it, Marella. One of the things that you said about intuition, that you need to learn to trust it. But you also said, and I think this is in your book, of course, to teach forgiveness and to live inspiring. So tell me if you are a child. I'm just going to take an example out there. And um, I'm going to take a horrific example on purpose, okay? And if you don't like it, you can just tell me. <laughs> but what, what if your parents, what if you're a young lady and your parents sell you into human trafficking and somehow you understood that you were sold? And whether it's in human trafficking or you're married out, or but in any case, your family gets rid of you. How, first of all, do you learn after that harrowing, experience that is so traumatic because you trusted your parents to not only forgive them but trust yourself after that and then just even by trusting yourself how can you trust your own intuition to move forward or to catapult yourself forward well the one thing to address with your parents if your parents sell you into human trafficking which i actually have um work with people that told the story and i've both read stories about that and sometimes it's very difficult for people to forgive their parent because if you think of the the trauma and what they're going through and how devastating their lives are because of it it's very very difficult and i tell people i said in order to help you heal one way to address that is to understand what happened in your parents life 
to make them that way. They were thrust into that cycle, too, because something made them, you know, like that. They didn't get that way on their own. They weren't born that way. So with that being said, that's why it's one thing to offer forgiveness, because perhaps they were in a cycle that you need to get out of. And if you don't want to repeat that with your children or people that you love, you've got to learn to find how to use your pain as power to help others. And with human trafficking, if you're speaking out instead of being angry and and saying, I don't trust myself, take the lessons out of every horrific thing that you went through and go use it to save someone else's life. From there, you'll learn to trust yourself again. You'll learn your power. You'll take back your power. And you'll learn that your value and your destiny is there to change lives and make a difference. So you have to use negativity. You have to use pain. Use it as fuel to perpetuate you into the future where you can shape your destiny into something so unlike whatever it is you went through. Don't repeat is, is there a sense of false intuition that we have sometimes? You know, I think that's our, our own logic. I don't think there's anything um, such as false intuition. You, you trust it or you don't. And if it's false intuition, it's just your own reasoning. That's it's it's the mental part, right, getting into right. the way. Yeah, right. it's, it's that mental voice saying, oh, come on, you're being ridiculous, exactly. blah, blah, blah. Okay, exactly. gotcha. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that that people understood that. So um, you said, um, I lost you there for just one second, so I didn't hear the whole sentence, but to forgive yourself, uh, to forgive the parent is actually easier than it seems to do because they weren't born that way. I think that's what you said. Yeah, you have to understand sometimes that people are just like you. You're a victim of circumstance for what happened to you. You never know what your parents went through to make them that way or the person that did that. They're not healthy people, and a healthy person wouldn't sell you into human trafficking. So we don't think about what made that person so screwed up to think to sell another human being. How, how heinous is that to do that? So <laughs> forgiving them is not allowing them to have power over you for the rest of your life and keeping you angry and enraged. There's so many people that overcome so many things that could have devastated their lives. If you want to devastate your life, then it's easier to remain a victim and angry because you're only hurting yourself. To let go and go shape your life into something more powerful, it's going to take time, and it's not going to be easy because so many problems come out of human trafficking. It's not just one issue. There's layer upon layer upon layer of pain and devastation that's caused. But the only way to heal it is begin to let those layers go and use them as fuel to perpetuate healing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I, I wouldn't want to live in victim mode, so I got out of it very quickly. But I, yeah. I, I do agree with you that adversity is, is in a way, it, it builds the strength that you have. Right, because yeah. you're out there today because of that strength. It's it's almost sad to believe that without I always call it might, without the might that we all have, it was only created because of adversity and pain. The moment we have that, we need to dig deep to get that might. Yes. Now we Absolutely. have four minutes till closing, Marilla, and I would love for you to get the opportunity to say to the listener out there what it is that you want them to take away from this, from everything they heard, what is it that you want them to do positive in their life, to stay happy and to trust your own intuition? I would tell everyone, 
stop holding on to pain and don't allow yourself to remain a victim. The best way to do that is to learn to let go. And it is a process, and it is a journey, but as long as you take that journey, you're going to keep taking steps towards progressing and evolving into a healthier state. And trusting your intuition is something that will come as you remove those layers. And my book, Intuition, Mm -hmm. will help you understand why it's important to trust it and how to trust it. But if you want to be happier, take your pain and use it to help somebody else avoid it. And that alone will help you heal. And as a, a ghostwriter through Serif Books, that's what I do. I take inspirational, you know, take stories that were painful and turn them into inspirational stories to help others. Take your story and use it to teach someone to avoid the same path that you had. As tragic and horrific as it may have been, you can do that. And that helps with healing. It definitely helps with healing, and I always say to people, share your story. Start with one person, move it up when you feel more comfortable, because there's always something in your story that resonates with someone else, because we all think out there that we're the only one that has gone through that until we talk to someone else. Is that correct? That's right. Well, in my story in our house, I thought I was the only one that went through something that horrific. And people read my story and said, oh, I never went through anything like that. I've never heard of anything like that. But there was, every time I'd go speak, there was someone that would approach me or email me and said, this happened to me and I never told anyone. These are the people that I was reaching, making a difference to. But the people that never experienced, they were learning how to understand what happens in this world and things that can happen that can affect people and shape people into who they are. And how do you help them get better? How do you understand them? And so there were lessons. There's still lessons in your story for everyone, no matter how you look at it. But I was one of those people. Of course. And your book, Intuition, is sold on Amazon, both in hard copy, I presume, and in Kindle format? And uh, would you repeat once more slowly your website? <laughs> it's Marilla, M-A-R-A-L-A-S-C-O-T-T dot com. Marilla Scott dot com. Okay. And you're everywhere on Twitter, I saw. You're on Facebook. Yeah. Again, it's Marilla, dot, uh, Marilla, Marilla Scott for Twitter. And for uh, Facebook, guys, it's Marilla period Scott. Is that correct? Yeah. That's absolutely correct. That's what I see. And she has a blog (laughs) out there. Just go to her website. Go to Amazon. Morella, I thank you so much for coming on our show and making it into what you just did. It is enormously fun to talk to someone very positive, and it brings a message of hope out there. That is very nice of you. I thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. I love it. Okay. I appreciate your platform. Thank you, and we'll have you on again, and I will befriend you on the social media. Awesome. That sounds great. Thank you, everyone, and next week we'll be back with another show. Thank you for listening. Thank you again for joining us this week. Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray can be heard every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week, and until our next show, think of a random act of kindness that you can perform. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program, brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericaempowerment.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 